0: You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. This is your host, Stephen Roach. This is a brand new year and a brand new day, my friends. And it's also a brand new season of Makers and Mystics. Welcome to episode one of season two. In this episode, I have the privilege of introducing you to a wonderful friend of mine, Colorado artist, Dave Wilton. Dave is a producer and recording engineer whose work includes albums by Josh Gerls and Jason Upton. He is one half of the music group Loud Harp, whose sound has been described as shoegaze meets Peter Gabriel meets the Holy Spirit. Dave also writes and performs under the name A Boy in His Kite. He composes music for film, which has appeared in major releases such as his song Cover Your Tracks, from the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn soundtrack. Dave and his group Loud Harp will be joining us at the Breath in the Clay this March, 17 through 19. Tickets are still available at thebreathintheclay.com. Student discounts and group rates are available also. So gather up your tribe and come join us for an amazing time. Here's my interview with Colorado artist Dave Wilton. Why don't, why don't we start there and just
1: tell everybody a little bit about Loud
0: Harp and who you
1: are. Yeah. So Loud Harp is um, a collaboration with myself and one of my best friends, Asher Seifink. Um, we just grew up listening to many of the same bands and so I joked with them, I said, dude, we need to be in a band together and we kind of laughed and didn't think anything of it. but. Um, He came out to Colorado, and he was going through a pretty rough time in his job, a rough time feeling stuck in writing and having things to express, but not knowing how, not knowing if it was okay to express doubt and and, and questions, you know, in his faith. Um, And so we got together, and over the course of two nights, trying to work on his music and just talk through life, what was it, that was blocking him from being able to feel connected to God. What was it blocking him from being able to express where he was? And man, it was just a unexpected uh, <laughs> Holy Spirit ransack. <laughs> course of two nights, we felt just the presence of God meet us where we were at. Not not where we're going, not where we should have been, but where we were. And uh, we opened up the Psalms and, and both started just crying and singing the songs of our heart. And, um, giving language to our worship to the Lord uh, and giving language to our questions and all those things. And we just, we thought, oh, let's put up a microphone, because that's what I do. I run a recording studio. So I was like, dude, let's just document it so we can always remember it. And we prayed about it. And uh, Asher and I both felt a peace about recording. And uh, the one stipulation the Lord put on it is that we gave that away for free. And, uh, and we gave it away. And so that was the beginning of Loud Harp and that is the continuation of Loud Harp. Loud Harp is my friendship with one of my dearest brothers. And um, when we're together, the songs that are birthed and the songs that take shape are songs that are equally our hearts. They're songs that express our worship to God our hearts towards God, things that we may not even feel like is worship, but we feel like we want to gift the Lord with this expression, and so we don't write anything for the church. It's all for Jesus, and uh, it's from us, but we're really thankful and excited that many people in the church are blessed by it.
0: said when you first started talking that Asher in particular and maybe yourself as well that when you started writing these songs part of it was a, to find a place to give voice to some of the struggles you had been going through or some of the doubts mm-hmm. that you were having or even yeah. some of the lack of feeling connected to God and that really struck me because when I look at the Psalms which is the worship Book of ancient Israel. <laughs> yeah, that's what I see. You know, I, I see the moments of of grandeur, yeah. and I see the moments of celebrating the beauty of God. But I also see those times when David was just his heart was wrecked and and he was busted open. He was singing about uh, murder and adultery, or he was singing yeah. about, uh, darkness is my closest acquaintance, and all my friends are far from me. And and mm-hmm. um, the Psalms are just such a rich mm-hmm. heritage of of bringing the truth of where we are into the presence of God. And uh, and sometimes I think that's a little intimidating for worship artists today to feel the permission to go there with God. Um, yeah. But how how do those
1: things impact the music that you write? Um, well, Asher and I both are artists, and so we I think we allow ourselves to feel things in life. We allow ourselves to uh, to feel deeply. And I, I I don't want a life that's numb. Uh, I want to be fully aware uh, of what, and even if being fully aware means that uh, I'm aware to things that are hard and difficult I. I think faith is full awareness, it's not blind. Um, I was just reading uh, Merton's "The On Peace, that book I picked up at the Boulder Bookstore, and he just continues to come back to faith as coming aware of the present realities of God as opposed to blinding ourselves from things that are difficult, that we think God doesn't want us to, to feel or <laughs> be exposed to. That's not true at all, I, I, I don't think. so. We have never shied away from that in our friendship. Honesty, I think, is one of the chief traits that I value in my friendships with people. And I think that God really values honesty. I don't think that trouble or pain or suffering is too much to overwhelm God and His uh, His love. So. We just started, that was what we had to overcome. We had to kind of, in some sense, see God as someone who was approachable, Um, See, actually believe that while I was yet a sinner, God loves me, and he brought me in close into his family. And so if that's true, then uh, my expressions, whether they're not full of celebration <laughs> but sometimes full of lamentation I think God just wants me to draw near to him um, and because he loves us and so that was and that's ultimately it we this foundational' this very simple truth that God loves us and he's near us and um, and that his nearness is actually the the profound thing that that brings us peace it's not that he always, shows up and rescues us he's man he's the lifter of burdens but some some he actually allows uh for our good and that doesn't make any sense um but i know it's true so
0: yeah, he he tends to walk through the valley of the shadow, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. You know, it, some days like, I feel like if if I had written Psalm twenty three, I might would rather it say, you know,
1: yeah. he, he got me out of the shadow of the valley, you know. Uh, but Dude, he, he totally. Tends to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my just my dear friend Jason Upton. He always says that bridges are man made, but God made the mountaintops and He made the valleys, and what makes our journey with God so special is that He's with us in those valleys and He's with us in those high-top experiences, but for us to try to have a bridge line, a this weirdly non-natural constructed kind of baseline in our life is, I mean, either you have to be super optimistic or just kind of naive to believe that's even possible. I don't think it's possible. I don't think that's how God intended life to be. One of the things that I really appreciate about Loud
0: Harp is that the worship you're writing is just a pure expression of your heart. Uh, You're not doing it every Sunday morning uh, for your local congregation, which there's an honor for those expressions too. Um, But what you guys are doing is unique, uh, particularly during this time when... uh, worship music really does have a distinct face what what you guys are doing is very unique in that genre even topically some of the things you sing about and i know your Mm -hmm. your last album was called asaph yeah tell me a little bit about the concept behind asaph
1: absolutely so our last album we titled asaph and all the Uh, eight out of the ten songs were all inspired by the psalmist, uh, Asaph, Uh, this rad percussionist who, David's like, hey, you need to lead music in the the tent. (laughs) uh, So a bunch of him and other crazy people um, just set out to to worship God, and, uh, you know, there's lots of Scholars on Asaph, and I'm certainly not one of them, but we did have a chance to. Once we felt this very clear commissioning of of God to to delve into that and to ask Him about Asaph and read His Psalms, we we called uh, your 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 good friend Rahi's. Oh yeah, and he just he kind of chuckled and he goes, Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh yeah, and uh, and he gave us some wonderful kind of a history lesson not from a place of just an academic what what did he do but from a place of what was his heart what was his purpose uh how was he bent towards god and and so man a lot of apsis psalms were crazy super violent super intense and uh, but his kind of ending chapter of his life is psalm 73 and I, that's, not, sorry just, to interrupt you that I, yeah, no.
0: I, it's unbelievable. I just read Psalm 73 this morning. That's been my, yes. that's been my meditation for this whole day.
1: Woo. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 So, um, so we, we went through all these, you know, but I still remember vividly, um, Asher and I, you know, we were driving through Idaho when we kind of both were talking about Asaphim. And we got to 73 and we both just lost it, you know? And We're both like emotional people, but I don't think we don't, I'm not prone to cry. I do love to cry, <laughs> um, but we lost it, man. And so 73 talks about, man, that all these things have happened, you know? The, the wicked have prospered in some sense, the unjust have gotten away with stuff, and and he goes through all these things, and it's almost like he's recounting his life, you know, and um, just witnessing a lot of the bummer in his life, and then he gets to the end, and he's like, man, my heart and my flesh may fail, um, but you're my strength and my portion, like, forever, And, and then he says this line that just seemed absurd to us, and it was, the nearness of you is my only good. And we're like, what? How does he say that? (laughs) You know? Um, And so we, we just meditated on that. And that was kind of our meditation of the last album. And so, of course, I do believe that God just loves to continue the journey. And, um, and so all of the songs are about that reality and they're, they're about that reality, not in the like, oh, I got a raise at work. I just, you know, I just, all these blessings and God, you, your nearness is my good. Like, <laughs> that's not where we really approach it from. We approach it from like, no matter what situation, good or bad, God's presence, his witness. With us the is actually good.
2: It's
0: amazing. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm just uh, supercharged that I read Psalm 73 today, and that's really where you guys uh, wrote the album from, and. You know, one of the things that I took away from that psalm today, as I was reading it, was you know like you were saying, Asaph was just recounting the injustices and the pro- and the the prosperity of the wicked, and there's this one point in the psalm where he almost concludes, well. I just forget about it. it what? It, it's futile to be righteous, but it's like, I, what did he say? Like,
1: uh, and then he says, "But then you, you asked me to come into your yes, temple." Yes, but, <laughs> but then <laughs> it's that. But then, you know. Yeah. And then, um,
0: when he gets into the nearness of God, into the presence of God, he sees things from beginning to end. In a sense, he mm-hmm. sees from a, a from an elevated perspective, and that's yeah. where the hope came in. And man, how much we need that even right now in our country, in our lives, and, uh, and uh, you know yeah. that elevated perspective, that that yep. nearness, that that sees a larger viewpoint than where we are. I want to shift gears for a minute too, because I want to make sure that I get a chance to talk about. Uh, several of the multifaceted things that that make you uh, the incredible brother and artist that you are. But um, not only are you one half of loud harp, but you also have your own solo music that you do under uh, the name A Boy and His Kite. Yep. And... um, Whereas um, Loud Harp, you've done two albums now, right? and And, yes. and the uh, third one coming out. But uh, you've only done one album as a boy in his kite of your own music. And then I think you had a single as well that's mm-hmm. not on that album, right? And I love the album. I remember when you first gave it to me. I, I, I was driving. I had about a two-hour drive, and I just listened to it from beginning to end. And I absolutely loved... How you were able to take what I felt was the same heart as Loud Harp, but you were able to express it in a much broader context in a way that anyone could really listen to the music and have a conversation with you through it, regardless of where their heart is or or where their faith or religious beliefs are or whatever. And so I don't know. Tell me, yeah, man, tell me some about A Boy and His Kite from your perspective.
1: Uh, from my perspective, A Boy His Kite is just as simply as I can. It's my poetry, my stories, my songs that I've gleaned, you know, through my life. And they're the songs of my heart that all I get to, to give to the Lord. But I am, like, I, it's funny, you know, I, I grew up in, in the church and I uh, didn't find God in in the church, but I I did definitely found a lot of beauty and grew up with these beautiful s- hymns and uh, spiritual songs, and that was definitely has always been a part of my language. Um, but something tremendous happened when I actually found God outside of the church. <laughs> I found God outside of kind of where you're supposed to find him. Um, but he loved me, and he brought me into his family, you know. Uh, and I am a proud family member, and I love the church, and I love the bride. But my expression of love to God is very different than, um, than I think a modern worship expression is, you know. And I feel like with a boy and his kite, I don't say Jesus because I love singing about him and singing to him and so many of his other names, his other ways that he reveals himself through nature, through, through relationships, through, um, through the word. You know, the Bible is full of metaphor and um, different characteristics and attributes of God that are in and of themselves. Uh, just very cool and, and, and needed. and So anyway, so I could, in my Songs of the Buenos Kites, say what I'm trying to say, um, but I like using other ways. It's more of a challenge for me as a writer. I love to do something that maybe I haven't done before. And I, I love to kind of continue to push on my boundary of creativity and ask the Lord to expand it. To expand my imagination of his splendor, of his goodness. You know, I was just reading last night. I was, uh, oh, I gotta go get it, dude, because it's so good. Here, I'll be right back. Go get it. Have to hold on to something for this. <laughs> so this is my man, um, Abraham Joshua Heschel.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So this dude, I love him. So this is he's talking about um, awe, and there's this wonderful, I think, friendship of mystery and awe and things that we cannot. They're so beautiful that words sometimes aren't enough. And so, um, a boy in his kite, I'm always trying to, how can I say this in a way that brings awe and expresses mystery? But it says, Awe is an intuition for the dignity of all things, a realization that things not only are what they are, but also stand, however, remotely for something supreme. Oz is a sense for the transcendence, for the reference everywhere to mystery beyond all things. It enables us to perceive in the world intimations of the divine, to sense the ultimate and the common and the simple, to feel in the rush of the passing, the stillness of the eternal. What we cannot comprehend by analysis, we become aware of in awe. And, And so, yeah, so... I mean, I'm not trying to compare my music to some incredible writing like that, but I, I do. I like the sense that I can have the freedom to sing about an eternal love song, for, per se, with with Jesus. You know, I wrote a song called "Till the End of Time," and um, and I purposely titled it till instead of until because I liked the the imagery of tilling time like working the ground of time and it starts off and it says give it up death go on and resign your stingers broke and your venoms dry move it out you sins that malign you're drowned by my perfect fire and my perfect light and the whole song is Jesus singing first person about, I was the firstborn of many that none should die. I was born under a star that proclaimed my rights. My father was the author of life, my mother a holy virgin purified. And it it moves and it goes on and, and it tells this story, this grand love story of this supernatural alien God, if <laughs> it's not us, um, and his incredible love uh, towards us, I love you
2: to the end of time. won't you be my?
1: So I love building stories like that. I have a song called uh, The Heist, which is um, an allegory for divorce. You know, I had a bunch of friends going through really rough marriages and, and some of them choosing to end, end their marriages. And it was so, let's be honest, no one wants to hear a song about divorce. Um, but there are things that are true that we need to hear about, the heartache and the, the turmoil and the deception and the weirdness of a relationship falling apart. And so I wrote a song about bank robbers called The Heist, and that song is about the tensions of a relationship that is exploding, and that ultimately will end in heartache. You know, Um, and so people, I helped, at least I helped myself, I, I hope I've helped others, people feel what it must feel like to be in those types of situations and realize So what can I do to avoid that feeling, you know? Um, And yeah, and many of the songs that I write to are just a musical expression. I don't, I love lyric, I love story, but music will and always will be my first love. And so I feel like music is a a divine, uh, just a magical language in which the Lord speaks to me personally. I know He doesn't do that to everyone, but um Music touches me in a place that um, words cannot, and so uh, there's many songs that a boy is kite that I just get to experiment with things. And we've tried our best to conceal the
2: thread down in time. Can't you swear we?
1: I have this track that starts the album called Ways, and then I have uh, Ways Instrumental. And it was an idea I had of what if I made two songs that could. superseded over one another to, to create a big song and so if you had you know if you played those songs over one another they actually are the same song but just different instruments different counter melodies different rhythms and so it becomes this like super song you know and so a lot of a boy in his kite is just like my questions when I'm in studio work I'm like I wonder if that would ever work and then I'll jot that down in the memory of my mind, and one day, you know, I get to try things and experiment things and uh, both hone my craft, but also give it as a, as a first fruit to the Lord, you know?
0: Wow. Man, there's uh, so much in everything you just now said. I, my mind is going in like five different directions awesome. of where to go next, because it's so good. It's so good. The first thing that came to my mind when you were talking about that and a boy and his kite and, and how love um, really calls out to be expressed in poetry and in lyric and in song, it's not enough for love uh, to just be plain talk. You know, love, uh, love is too transcendent, I guess, if I could say that without sounding pretentious, you know, love really is just that big. And I, I find that love tends to be the taproot of creativity, like across the board, uh, believer, non-believer alike, it's. I mean, there, there's no other topic uh, in art that has been touched on as much as love. You know, the troubadours back in the day, and all just all throughout history, love, whether it's. Um, longing or whether it's hurt from the loss of love or the absence of love or whether it's disbelief in love or the fleetingness of, of teenage love or the uh, the beauty of, of eternal love or whatever it is love really is the taproot of creativity and um, I think that's the beauty of, of being um, touched by eternal love Some of you guys listening, you may not know, but um, not only is, is Dave uh, an absolutely phenomenal songwriter um, and worshiper, but he's also a producer and an engineer. And you've worked on several of Josh Garrels' albums, right? Mm-hmm. You're also engineering or mixing Molly Skaggs' record that's getting yeah. ready to come out, which is amazing. And um, yeah. what are some of the other albums you've worked on that, that folks listen might recognize?
1: Yeah, um, I was uh, just fortunate to um, get to work with Jason Upton on his last album, A Table Full of Strangers, Volume One. And we're working on a follow up to that right now, which is going to be super, super good. Uh, looking forward to sharing that with the world. Um, other albums that some, maybe some listeners have heard is uh, I have partnered and co-produced uh, all but one of the Page CXVI hymn records and, and they're a wonderful band uh, led by Latifah Phillips just an absolutely wonderful woman uh, artist articulate um, she, she just had such a deep love of old hymns and spiritual songs and found that like, there wasn't many people trying to bring those along into these new generations. And, and so she, she uh, invited me to, to be a part and I was very fortunate to do many records. I think we did like eight together. Um, we've done Christmas liturgies, uh, old hymns, but those are records I'm really, really proud of to, to take something that has endured you know the only pop music that seems to endure, in some sense, is uh, Christmas music and like really, really, really popular stuff that, that of course touches tons of people, like you two or uh, all these bands. But hymns, man, they've been around a really long time. You know, uh, they're they're more popular than the Beatles, and um, and yet it seemed as if many people from our generation and younger don't know these songs. And and, and, I, f- and I just kind of was inspired by Tifa's heart for that and, um, and so helped her make all those records, so.
0: One last thing I wanted to talk about before we close up here is the work that you've done as a film composer. And I know that several years ago, You contributed a really incredible track to the Twilight series, and it was so beautiful it almost made me want to become a vampire, Uh, (laughs) uh, but not quite. I gave up those habits uh, in my my teenage years, you know? Um, But then more recently, you also had the opportunity to work on an independent film called The Remnant. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. And did you do the the
1: film score for that, or what what was I your did. involvement
0: with uh with that?
1: Yeah, um so I got a kind of a just a wonderful random email from the producer of the film, and they were before they were gonna shoot in China outside of Beijing, um, they were looking for someone to take on a eighteen song to twenty song. A musical and someone who could produce the songs that the filmmaker and director and writer uh, Carmia um, uh take her songs that she had composed to tell the story and they asked me if I'd be interested and it seemed crazy enough that I, c- I couldn't say no um, mm. but it was a, a wonderful experience of i don't know much about theater, um but Carmilla is a fantastic award winning poet and playwright and um and so to to step into that world was was an adventure for me um, and there's only only uh children and kind of young adults in this film there aren't any mm. aren't any adults in the film and it's a any musical political parable uh, just a a wonderful wonderful film so yeah i produced 18 songs that carmia brought to me um and i fleshed them out and uh and then i also scored all the the thread in between the film um, wow so yeah it was a it was a lot of work uh but it yeah. was just a really rewarding it, it recently um last year it, it we it premiered at the Portland Film Festival and mm-hmm. got to go, awesome. and uh, my family went with me, and, and it, it just got uh, some wonderful um, reviews and won the director's award, the film director's award. so Wow. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Well, that's incredible. Where, where can you pick that up, or where could I see the film?
1: Yeah, the film, I, not, I don't believe, has yet um, been released. Mm -hmm. uh and so but i will i'll contact Carmi and see what that's looking like i know that there was a few distributors and um film indie film companies that were looking to distribute the film and so i'm not sure if they have finalized any of that um but yeah it's a it's an adventure for sure
0: (laughs) that's amazing man wow well, I am super excited to have you at The Breath in the Clay. I can hardly wait yeah. for March to get here. And uh, excited to have Asher here mm-hmm. as well and Loud Harp. And hopefully you can share some of your own songs as well.
1: Looking um, forward to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Well, thanks so much for uh, giving the time to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing you in March.
1: Likewise, brother.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast I'd love to hear from you If you've been listening to these podcasts And have enjoyed them Please leave us a review on iTunes Also if you send me an email And say hey I listened to the podcast and I would like To come to the Breath and the Clay Then I'll send you a discount code Which will get you 10% off Of the registration Not a bad deal So, Alright friends Do something revolutionary today. How about that? We'll see you soon.